The Jeep Celebration event is here, which means great deals on the SUVs built to stand the test of time are waiting. Hurry in before time runs out. Right now, financing at $4,250 total cash allowance on the purchase of select 2020 Jeep Compass Limited models and dealer stock the longest. On oldest 20% inventory of 2020 Compass Limited models as of 3-3-2020 while dealer stock lasts. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery by 3-31-2020. Jeep is a registered trademark. You always dreamed about owning your first house or driving that special car or opening that business. Unfortunately, you also had nightmares. Introducing the May Only My Good Dreams Come True policy from American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote. Find an agent. Visit AmFam.com. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI, and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. And Danny broke up with me on Instagram. So I, I said, excuse me! She's pro wrestling's queen of mean, but behind the scenes, she's got a heart of gold and a lifetime of experiences from no holds barred tales of her relationships and rivalries to conversations with A-list superstars. The real Vicky Guerrero is ready to talk. Welcome to Excuse Me, the Vicky Guerrero Show. Excuse me! Hello again, everyone. We are here. We are back. And it's a big one this week. It's Excuse Me. The Vicky Guerrero Show. I am Jerry Strauss, and she's here. Vicky. Excuse me. Hey, everyone. Oh. It's Vicky. Hey, Jerry. Hey, Vicky. Vicky, you are excited, and I know that you're excited because there's been a lot of talk about you this week, and you have a lot to say. So uh, this is going to be kind of a unique week for us. It is. You know, it's some stuff's trolling on the internet, and I thought, you know, we do have a show, Jerry, that features us, and it, it does deal with our, our show, and I think it's important that they hear from us personally, and we get the facts out to everyone, and there's no misconceptions about what's going on. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk on social media uh, this past week and beyond, really, um, all about you and all about some comments that were uh, heard and reported on right here on this show. Um, and they deal with your past with the company that many people you re remember you uh, as being a part of, WWE, and the fact that the relationship between yourself and WWE has taken a certain turn as of late. So some news, some speculation, some of it real, some of it false. And like you said, we're here. This is our forum. Why not set the record straight once and for all? Yeah, absolutely. You know, first, I just want to say that I always love and respect WWE because they gave my husband, Eddie, and myself awesome opportunities in our wrestling career. And, um, you know, things change and, and, and you know, um, different paths are turned. But this set of events that, that's going on right now, you know, um, I just want the fans to hear because some fans have their knowledge. They think they know what's going on and they're stating facts that aren't true. <laughs> so I think this is great that we can go ahead and just talk about, you know, uh, the situation of me uh, having our podcast and asking uh, the WWE roster, you know, to be part of our, our show and then me having an appearance at AEW. And I think that we just need to kind of clarify what's going on. Absolutely. It's your story, Vicki, and every story has to have a beginning. So let's go there. Let's just fill people in or remind people uh, of exactly where we're coming from here. Now, you and WWE had a long-standing relationship. Uh, how long and until when were you working as a, an on-screen personality as one of the stars of WWE? So my last appearance, or well, actually, it wasn't even an appearance. I was at the uh, WWE First Ever Women's Revolution pay-per-view. Um, that was, I was there, but I wasn't on screen. My last official on screen was, um, at the Royal Rumble, the first ever women's Royal Rumble back in, um, was it 2017, 18? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, yeah. So you've had a good relationship with WWE for a long time, even after 
your years there full-time, being on TV every week, et cetera, et cetera. But just to set the context, when did that come to an end? And, and what were the reasons why you decided to step away from being that full-time WWE star? Well, I, I retired in 2014. I, was, I wanted to try other things in life. I went back to school. Um, you know, I went into the medical industry and I wasn't being used that much, you know, when I was doing more homework on the road and in the locker room versus being on the stage, you know, I, I didn't want to insult the company, you know, because I thought, well, maybe my time is starting to fade away. And, and that's what happens sometimes where, you know, some superstars don't have a need to be, you know, involved in storylines. And I just thought that, you know, after t a 10 year run, I did everything that I was supposed to do. And I had amazing, uh, you know, memories of being in WWE. And I just thought, you know, if this is the right time, I gave them a year advance, you know, to say, hey, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave in 2014. Vince McMahon, who I love dearly, gave me his blessing and said, you know, I, we support you, you know, you have a year to think about this. And I said, yes. And, but when the year came for, uh, you know, in 2014 and they gave me my retirement match, I was good. You know, I mean, I knew it was ready. They were great. They were gracious in how they sent me off. And, you know, that's where my, my reign stopped. Okay. So, you know, perfectly amicable, nothing but love and then right. as you mentioned you know several appearances over the next few years you know visiting friends and you know visiting us as well at home watching on tv you'd pop up here you'd pop up there and that last appearance as you said royal rumble uh the first ever women's uh royal rumble so it seemed like there was always going to be this relationship this great strong uh bond between you and wwe and now let's fast forward a couple more years because now we're going into 2018, 2019. Uh, was there a point where you had thoughts about maybe I'd like to go back? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, after the rumble, um, I spoke to Mark Carano. I emailed Vince. I had spoken to a uh, road dog and I just said, you know, I just want to let y'all know that I'm, I'm willing to come back if there's something that I can do on the roster or in some kind of capacity and the answer was either not answered or they said, there's nothing for you right now, which I totally understood. I mean, I, I know how it works and I was okay with it. You know, there was nothing that I felt soured about. It was just, that's the way it goes. And I just thought I tried and now I'm going to move on. And this is um, now 2019 where uh, Jerry, I think we did an interview together and then maybe two months later, you said, Hey, let's do a podcast. <laughs> and I was like, are you crazy? And, um, and we, and we started working on our show and I think we had a month to work on it. And, you know, when the show, you know, started, you know, coming to light and we started, uh, you know, having some kind of idea of how we wanted to run it, you know, our next conversation was, was content, which was really important for the podcast. And me being in WWE, you know, I have a lot of people that I wanted to have on my show. And there's still a long list of people that we want on the show. But also not, not just uh, dealing with WWE, but I wanted to involve NWA and AEW and Impact and New Japan Pro Wrestling and celebrities and activists. I mean, we had a long list that we wanted to tackle, you know, and that was our, that was our, you know, motive to get our show going. Yeah. And, uh, you know, let's make no boats about it. This is not necessarily a new concept at all in or out of the pro wrestling world. Uh, there's a lot of really successful podcasts out there that interview a wide variety of people, people that are affiliated with the host, maybe not so much affiliated with the host mm -hmm. in their world, outside of their world. It's a successful formula. And, um, you know, you know, certainly I'm sure any of us who are listening right now can think of a few wrestling personalities that are hosting similar shows right now and are able to kind of go anywhere they please to get their guests. So not necessarily an odd decision, but really more of a proven one uh, with the best of intentions. Right. You know, and, and Jerry, you know, you helped me a lot with, you know, getting guests from other wrestling promotions besides WWE. I, my one thing that I want to say to everyone out there that's listening 
and to WWE and to, and to anyone else is that I did not take my position as a former superstar for granted, which means that when I uh, went to WWE, you know, and got uh, talent like Edge and Michelle McCool and Ruby Riot, they were not active roster, you know, talent. I knew they were home and that's why we were able to interview them. But when we started getting more into our episodes and I wanted to highlight superstars from WWE and, you know, get the women on our show and, and the male talent, I went through the proper channels of WWE to ask. I asked Mark Carano. I had text Stephanie McMahon because I wasn't going to take myself for granted thinking that I'll just call whoever I want and interview them. And that was something that a lot of fans don't know was that, you know, I don't take them for granted, but I did give them too much respect and too much um, credit that, you know, that I wanted to involve them so that if they said, yes, Vicki, you can have, you can interview the superstars. I had that liberty and freedom to say, okay, all right, Jerry, this week is this person and next week we'll do that person. Just like we do for AEW and NWA and anyone else that we have a whole list of roster that we want to highlight every week. Um, you know, but when that happened, um, you know, things started changing because I did contact a, um, gosh, I don't know if we should go back. Uh, in December, I went to AEW and did an appearance for them, which everyone knows. It was a commentary on a YouTube channel for AEW Dark, right? It was for so, Dark, yes. You made yeah. a guest appearance. As, they, as is part of their normal procedure, a lot of, uh, a lot of those uh, online broadcasts that they tape before they, the AEW live TV shows, uh, AEW Dark is what it's called. If you guys aren't, aren't watching it regularly, it's a great show. You should check it out. But uh, they would cycle in a lot of guest commentators just to kind of add variety and, and right. more interest from week to week. Um, before you go any further, Vicki, I think it's also really important to establish the fact that at this time and going back, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but going back at least a couple of years before this, You've had no contractual ties with any wrestling company, whether it's WWE or anybody else. You've been doing Comic-Cons and appearances and things of that nature. But other than that, you are under, you've been under no contractual exclusivity. Is that correct? Absolutely. That's correct. And nor would I go work for someone else if I was obligated to another promotion. I think that's disrespectful. And I think that that is not who I am. And Anyone out there that knows me would know what I stand for. So, so taking it back now to uh, December, I believe you said of, of 2019 of last year, mm -hmm. uh, you were invited uh, AEW, of course, broadcasting that night from Texas. You live in Texas. Uh, <laughs> so you were there uh, visiting and were invited to be a part of, the commentary team for this taped edition of AEW Dark. Yeah, you know, I went. Um, I love AEW. I love the product. I had a lot of old friends I got to see there and met some new ones. And I also, you know, got to put a face to a name because I we interviewed some of these the roster from AEW. And it was my opportunity to go thank them and shake their hand and say thank you for being on our show because it was awesome. You know, so um, doing the commentary, it was what 30 minutes of work you know i said thank you it was a wonderful experience left home and i continued working on the podcast um i maybe a week after that uh it aired and so everyone knew that i was AEW, and i wasn't signed <laughs> there was no signing of a contract it was um it was just them you know offering me commentating it went well and then there was a source who, there was a legend at WWE who we asked to be on our podcast. And he personally called me and told me that WWE is not allowing him or her to be on our show because of my appearance at AEW. And he said that he was, you know, he or she was going to fight for me and to, uh, you know, try and you know, work it out where, you know, they could be on the show. And at that point, Jerry, I was just like, 
we I shouldn't have to be in this position or or any of my friends be in this position to choose, you know, their job or or my show. I mean, and it was kind of hurtful because I have been a superstar that has never given a bad name to WWE while I was working there, never got in trouble, always did everything that I was asked to do and had complete respect for anyone and everyone that worked there. And, you know, for them to, you know, slap my hand and say, you can't interview our, our roster really um, put me in a really, you know, a bad taste in my mouth because uh, there's many people that work with WWE and outside uh, podcasts who have free reign of the roster. I just handled things differently where I wanted to go through the personnel that would okay this. So I, because that was the respect I have for WWE. And, um, and so, you know, we didn't continue with WWE roster, which was really, you know, it was sad, but life goes on and our, our show's going on. And, you know, this is now, um, we had done a podcast, you know, where a, a, a forum or a fan posted that, you know, the conversations of how I wasn't able to interview the roster. And so this is where we are today. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's funny because this was just kind of a random, it was sort of a, a random emergence of this information. We'd actually talked about it very quickly, maybe very subtly a few times on the show. And, you know, it's interesting. We talked about this off the air a bit. Like I, I was never, you know, really sure how much we wanted to get into this side of things, how, how inside baseball we wanted to get about how, what goes into this podcast mm -hmm. on the actual podcast itself. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad in a way, I think that you're, we're able to kind of clear the air here and set the record straight. Now that it is a conversation out there, like what exactly is going on with, with Vicky Guerrero? <laughs> I, 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 I do have a question for you though. And, you know, as somebody who has been a part of the wrestling business and, you know, before personally being part of the wrestling business, being so close to it um, from Eddie's experiences, there's certainly times in pro wrestling where there's more of a sensitivity, I think, to, you know, some involvement between different promotions or being affiliated with certain other companies, even if it's indirect, even if it's as innocent as, you know, being a, an uncontracted guest commentator on an online TV show. Yeah. Um, there's been times... And of course, we all remember back to the 90s and the Monday Night Wars, where those things were definitely a sensitive topic. And then there's been times where it's just been no big deal. It's all kind of subject, subjective based on what's going on in the, in the wrestling world at that time. Do you feel that this is kind of more a result of the times? Or, I mean, is this something at this point, with time and with perspective, is it something that you feel is at all a personal thing or is it really just more of a political thing it, it could be political or they have you know wwe has a sense of you know they're trying to hold on to anyone they can you know to not jump ship so to speak mm -hmm. but you know it like what, what i go back to is you know during those two and a half years that they never called me now that i go there and, and do something that I love to do and be in an industry that has my friends and we're having a great time and we're putting on a show just like we, everyone loves to do. Now they're mad at me. I mean, they didn't care less what I, what I was doing before, you know, I mean, they were okay. Me doing comic cons and, you know, other independent, you know, wrestling promotions and, you know, whatever it is that they saw me doing, but I, I just, uh, I, I, it could be political. It could be a competition. It could be that, they're showing me, you know, that, you know, that wasn't cool, but you know, my God, you know, call me. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, they had to say something to someone to tell me and they don't answer my calls. They don't answer my texts. And you know what? It's, if the cut, if the ties are cut and, and they don't want, you know, they're not going to say anything or comment, I'm going to, because this is my uh, reputation and this is my, uh, the respect I have for the industry that I would have never ever had disrespected them knowing if I had any ties to them, you know? So, um, you know, whether I, I, I get signed with someone else or another industry or I, whatever I do, you know, I would never do it 
um, being obligated to WWE in any kind of contract form. I mean, that's just not who I am. And, you know, that's what I just wanted to make clear. Und- un- absolutely understandable. And and the, the one thing I would say, I guess, maybe to kind of round this out, uh, you know, for for the purposes of looking ahead and wh- where's Vicky Guerrero's place beyond this podcast in and around the wrestling world, I would I would say go back and find that episode of AEW Dark from December that you were on. It was from where was it in Texas? It was Garland, in, uh, Garland, Garland, yeah. Garland, Texas, and they actually show uh, your introduction when you come out to do commentary, and it's you um, saying "Excuse me" from backstage, unseen. Uh, and then saying it again louder and more in, in more recognizable fashion. So, <laughs> and <laughs> you can hear from that crowd, and you know, AW crowds are always super high energy. Yes, but you can are. hear <laughs> you can hear the immediate response and recognition because they know what's coming. They know who's coming, and I mean, they just explode with the booze, the intended booze that, excuse me, always uh, warranted. Um, you know, and I think that just goes to show that your relevance, <coughs> excuse me, in pro wrestling, it, it has not gone away at all. So, you know, no matter whether the political climate shifts or changes or, you know, whether you continue to, you know, possibly look for opportunities somewhere in this wrestling business, which is quite frankly, bigger than ever, mm-hmm. uh, it's so, you know, the, the sky's wide open and I think the future is wide open because the wrestling world clearly has room for Vicky Guerrero still. They never stopped. And, and you know, Jerry, the, the love that I received from AEW, you know, backstage and with the fans and even the day after all the response I got was just incredible. And a, a good friend of mine told me uh, not, not too long ago was that um, a lot of you know, past WWE talent, we have a love to be part of WWE and we have a love for the industry. But from where I am today, I don't have to ask for a hug from WWE to feel my value. And that is so true because I, I kind of kick myself because I asked them for permission. I gave them the credit and the respect to ask them if I could use the roster. And, you know, if that's how they want to play, then you know, I'm not going to lower myself and I'm not going to be mad because I'm the one that showed the respect to ask them. And, and something else that I, I really want to emphasize is that everyone that we have on our show, whether it's NWA, AEW, a celebrity, an activist, whether I believe in their, in their thoughts and how they want to live or a politician, we give them the respect and we highlight them in their career and we support them and we want them to shine during their episode. And that's something that's really important to me. So just like if we had, you know, past WWE and we, if we had the chance to do future WWE, you know, talent, that's what we, we would have done for them too. So it wasn't, wasn't asking for monetary gain. I wasn't asking for, you know, anything. All I wanted was to highlight them. And if, you know, and sometimes they don't want it and they want to stay in their bubble then they can have their bubble, you know, because I'm, I'm going to go forward and I want my show to be successful and I love what I'm doing and I'm not going to fail at this because I haven't failed in the last, you know, since gosh, the last 14 through 16 years since Eddie's passed away, God has carried me. And, you know, this show is another reason that I am going forward. And so that's my piece. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm so glad we were able to, take this time and put this out there hopefully now these facts and the real story is going to circulate just as much as sort of the speculation that we've seen over the last week or two I know. <laughs> i'm reading it going are you kidding me like these fans don't know the facts so this was thank you jerry we, <laughs> it's our show so we can we can you know put the facts out there and i i value you because you know you work hard on this show too and i'm not going to apologize for what i did because I'll, it was if it was anything all it was was respect and consideration to use their talent and if if they're mad because i went to another show and you know so be it well i mean i think the bottom line is that you're not a you're not a wrestling person you're not a wrestling personality who happens to have a <laughs> podcast which there's certainly a lot of them out there 
at this stage of the game right now, you know, I consider you a, a pod, a professional podcaster who happens to have a lot of ties all over the wrestling world. You're not tied to any one of them. So you've done nothing, but just try to be a professional and deal professionally with everyone. And that's worked better in some areas of the wrestling world than others. But I mean, I don't see that changing and I don't, I don't think it should because things are, are going well regardless because of the quality of what we're doing and the conversations we're having. And, you know, you talked about highlighting people regardless of whether you agree with them, don't agree with them. Um, that's the kind of mindset that we need when we're going to start delving into the political world, which is what we're doing this week. This is going to be a big departure for, excuse me, <laughs> but look, and hey, I'm not a, I'm not a political guy at all by any means. I'm, I'm, I'm frighteningly unknowledgeable about everything <laughs> related <laughs> It's a different world out there. That's that's for sure. Absolutely, but it's still uh, an amazing opportunity, I think, to talk to people in that world, whether you agree with their beliefs or not, and kind of get deeper inside their head than what you would get from a campaign speech. So, uh, why don't you tell them about the really unique, special interview that we have this week? Yeah, thanks, Jerry. You know, so just adding to our our genre of our podcast. Uh, talent and content that we're having we have mr burgess owens he is running for congress and he represents utah and he has a great philosophy about um not not a person being on a uh, you know a certain side it's about believing on a side and having respect and kindness to discuss issues and come together to make a solution and i encourage everyone to listen to this episode it's it's great i mean he's such a a good man of faith and um, spreads peace and loves the youth and he's actually a former nfl player and uh, it's a pretty cool conversation so uh, let's welcome burgess owens no matter how early you're up or how late you're running when you start your day at speedway we've got what you need to have a good morning always fresh coffee to wake you up cold drinks and breakfast to keep you going plus a full tank to get you where you need to go Crunchy, chewy, swirled, or sprinkled. However you start your day, we've got it. To help make your morning a little better. Because when you get off to a better start, you go on to a better day. The convenience stores of Speedway. You always dreamed about owning your first house, or driving that special car, or opening that business. Unfortunately, you also had nightmares. Introducing the May Only My Good Dreams Come True policy from American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote. Find an agent. Visit AmFam.com. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI, and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Excuse Me Podcast. I am Vicki Guerrero, and thank you so, so much for joining us this week. I have just an amazing guest. This is my first politician on my podcast, and I am so honored about having him join me this morning. Um, everyone, please welcome Mr. Burgess Owens. Hello, sir. How are you? Vicki, I'm doing great. I'm really looking forward to uh, talking with you. And just, just so you know, uh, up to about eight months ago, I was one of those guys that said I would never, ever be a politician. So it's all new to me, too. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, I just, I'm so honored. And, you know, with your platform and of course, you know, you're running for, um, you're a candidate for Congress and and you're out of Utah. And when you had direct messaged me that you'd love to be on the podcast, you know, I told my husband, I said, you know, I would love to get more involved with government and, you know, the politicians. I'm a Republican. You know, I, I, I have a side, but there's just so much to both sides. And when yes. you direct message me, I was like, okay, Lord, this is my, <laughs> this is my doorway to, to walk right through because it's kind of scary to talk about, you know, pol- politics. I mean, there's a lot of good and bad on both sides yes. and there's a lot yes. to discuss. And, you know, I just, um, let's just take it for first to highlight you and what do you want to tell the fans how they can get to know you a little better? Well, first, first of all, let me just say this, because <clears throat> you made a very good point. And, and here's what we have to recognize as we the people. Uh, the, the greatest thing we have going for us is our ability to, to communicate, to talk. Uh, even when we are, we are on different sides of the, of the, uh, uh, the aisles, 
-hmm. It's all about talking. It's all about uh, figuring out together where we come up with great, 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 great solutions. The greatest enemy that we have are those who uh, encourage us and actually work hard to make sure we're so divided that we can't talk anymore. And we have to get back to understanding that good people on both sides of the aisle have the same end up goal. And as long as we have those same goals and we love our country, then we can get through it all. So just keep that in mind. We need to do more of this um, and, and, uh, and recognize that uh, we can always walk away and say that we can agree to disagree. But if we're doing that, we're, move, we're moving our, our country a little bit further ahead. We, have, we need to continue to work on that. Yeah, that's so true. You know, um, just from my whole platform and my whole career is based on social media. And so, you know, um, it was so funny because when President Trump got elected, all I said on my Twitter was good morning, President Trump, because I woke up and he was president. Mm -hmm. And I think I lost about 10,000 followers that morning. Yeah. yeah. And and it's such a shame because this is our right to be an American citizen is to pick a side and, and believe in that, but it doesn't mean you have to hate the other side. It means this is what I believe. This is, these are the issues that I want to, to support. This is just so spot on, Vicki. And, and I'll tell you what's made our country, and we'll talk about this as we get into it. But uh, the thing that, that we can say, if we look back over our 200 year history, is our ability to have tolerance for other people's differences. That's what's made our country so unique. And we cannot lose that. And unfortunately, we got to the point now where people are so intolerant of someone else's thoughts, uh, ideas that we're not even communicating anymore in terms of trying to convince them to come over. Uh, and and, and, it's, and it's, it's important to recognize that, that first of all, no one, no one's going to be perfect. But at the end of the day, if we come down to recognizing what makes us, what pulls us together, what are the tenets that allow us to have conversations and make sure our kids are going to be in a, in a good position, if we, can, if we can rally around those tenets and understand what that is, then we can disagree on the politicians as long as we agree on the politics, that what's, what's happening to make sure that, that our country and our, our kids are having a much, much better opportunity. So uh, I think we have to get back to, to tolerance at the end of the day. And uh, we can talk about that, but there's there those of us who love our country that we can be tolerant of each other. And we have to recognize we're truly up against an enemy, uh, socialists and Marxists that do not want us to communicate, do not, does not, do not love our country, and therefore will never ever be part of our solution. So we have to keep that in mind as we move forward. Yeah, that's, I, I love your philosophy. Um, you know, I started, you know, researching you a little bit more as our interview got closer and your website just drew me into what you believe in is such an important um, point of view, you know, for, for me looking at what you stand for. Um, first of all, you know, you, you, you talk about the four tenants, which you yeah. just mentioned a little while ago. And, you know, that's head, I'm looking at your website, head, okay. heart, hands, and home. And, uh, and I see your issues that you believe in. And, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start because <laughs> there's so much to talk about. What's something that you would like to bring up? Let, let, for you? Let, let's start off with those four tenants. All right. Because, and, and with those four tenants, I can, I, I think it's important that I share a little bit of my history for context, because okay. those four tenants, that's a present to, it was a present to my community, the black community throughout the early part of the 1900s. It's now a present to our great country. And those of us who understand these four tenants, we can come back again, have a, have a more unified uh, community. We'll always have differences, but we can begin to, begin to kind of open up and realize it's okay to have differences as long as we talk through it. So let me, let me talk a little bit about my, my, my history and uh, we can go from there. Sure. Uh, <coughs> I, uh, I grew up number one in the in deep south, Tallahassee in the 60s. It was a day of the KKK, Jim Crow, um, uh, segregation, but I lived in a remarkably successful, positive, uplifting community, which was, was, was reflective to our country at that time. Over 50% of black Americans in the early part of the 1900s, uh, um, I would say up until the 1960s, were part of the, of the, of the black middle class. And you think, think about how, how this works. If you have a segregated community, in which everything stays there. The money flows and continues to revolve within that community. The leadership stays and they continue to give back to those kids in those same communities. Everything, the money, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the pride, all that the, uh, the leadership stays there, then that community is gonna thrive. And that's what's happened to every culture that's come to this country. We all start off separate, but we develop, we develop uh, um, 
pride in ourselves, we develop value to others, and that, that, that meritocracy brings us together because people want to be part of that. So that being said, let me just give you a little background uh, on, on what, what led to the community that I grew up in. Uh, Booker T. Washington in uh, 1882 started an institution called, a college called uh, Tuskegee Institution. And, and for those who don't know Booker T. Washington, that's an indication of how bad our education system is. He was truly one of our greatest Americans. When I say they give Americans, I don't mean black Americans, uh, one of our greatest Americans, period, because of the impact he had on my community and, and, the, and the impact he will have on our country as we learn more about him. So he started an, uh, a college called Tuskegee Institution in Tuskegee, Alabama. By 1905, 1905, that little institution, a little college was producing more self-made millionaires than Harvard, Yale, and Princeton combined. Wow. That same, that same community, that same, the same uh, 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 tenets that he taught during that time was, was, was enhanced, was embraced by the black community throughout our country. And that's why in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s, it was a black community that led our country to growth of the middle class, led our country and men matriculated from college, led our country and men committed to marriage over 70%. And the percentage of entrepreneurs over 40%. And see, these are things that were true, that I, I, I visualized myself, I lived in part of this, 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 this era. And it's also things that are not taught to our kids because the left, we have to understand there are people out there that hate our country, ideologies that hate our country. Yes. And uh, it started off by Karl Marx and his, his, his premise very simply in the 1800s was uh, the, the first battleground is rewriting of history. If they rewrite our history, it's very simply, we have no pride in our history. We have no, uh, no appreciation for our present, and we have no vision for our future. And that's what they have done to the black community. So, so that being said, I just want to kind of put that in context, because any, any, any culture, any people that adhere themselves to the tenets I'm going to share with you not right now will experience the American dream. We will get to, in any culture will get to that the, the middle class, which is truly the American dream, if right. you just adhere to this. Those tenets are head, heart, hands, and home. <clears throat> head being education, heart being God, hands being industry, and home being family. <clears throat> and if we go back to understanding that if we teach our kids to think, <clears throat> to have critical thinking skills, if we ourselves get to the point where we can really have enough confidence in our abilities to find solutions for ourselves and then find solutions for, for others. That process, by the way, of finding solutions for others is how we become wealthy in this country. It's called free market. You become wealthy if you find solutions. At the same time, when you can think, you have the confidence to have conversations with those who might not agree with you because you don't feel threatened. You feel you can add something to that conversation and, 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 and if you feel, you, you feel confident enough that you might even be able to bring them to your side if given time to have a conversation. <clears throat> the left hates that, by the way. They don't want us to talk. And that's why they, they divide us every chance, every chance they get. The second one is heart. <clears throat> and when I talk about this, <clears throat> I have to make very clear, there are good people in every single party out there. So when, I talk, when I talk about this, <clears throat> I'm talking about ideology. There's an ideology that's evil, and I can't say it strong enough. It's anti-God. It's mm -hmm. evil. It's, it's socialism and Marxism. In every place that they have put their print across our country and around the world throughout time has been nothing but death, misery, and hopelessness. So we have to understand there is an evil <clears throat> process. And what happens as long as, we, as long as we fight for our ability to worship our God, no matter how we might worship him, mm -hmm. our country will continue to find its better self. You know, this is the one country that every generation, every generation uh, um, gets better and better at looking at each other from the inside out instead of outside in. That's because that's the way God looks at us. And that's, what's, that's been the foundation of our nation. So we have to fight, <clears throat> fight against the, the, the other side, the leftists that want to take God out of everything. We cannot feel guilty about the fact that we believe in God. And we, right. can't, we can't let them uh, uh, bully us uh, in every way they can to, be, to silence ourselves. That was the right given to us by our constitution. The third thing <clears throat> is industry, <clears throat> excuse me. The one thing about our country who does better than anybody else, any other country in history of mankind, we give people the ability to dream, and when they dream, they want to work. They want to work toward getting that accomplished. So we have the opportunity to give men and women a chance to go out and work. And they can work as hard as they might want to. Matter of fact, the harder they work, the better, not only the better they feel, but the more they're, they're respected. So the left wants to make us dependent on them, and that's why their, sta their status, they, 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 they want us to focus on uh, the government, 
and the government uh, taking, you know, they really, they really celebrate when there are more people getting food stamps or more people getting on welfare. And when you take the people off welfare, they think it's a, it's a, uh, it's a demeaning process when all we're saying is people rather work themselves and take from somebody else for free. That's what, what it comes down to. Last but not least is, is home. As our family goes, so does our nation. And, and the most important thing we, we can teach uh, our young men, and this is what it comes down to, we need to teach our young men, not only, first of all, to respect God, second of all, with no, no, uh, uh, no light in between, to respect womanhood. When our young men understand that womanhood literally is what drives our nation, it is the civilization factor that makes sure we have compassion, that we, that we serve, that it's, it's, it's where we get the closest thing to the pure love of Christ is womanhood. And for our young men not to understand that, they will never be men. Uh, matter of fact, their goal should be, because it's so important to our society, and, and that our daughters and our, and our mothers, our sisters are respected, that they should, be, they should really be, run, be willing to run toward evil to protect it. They should be willing to give themselves up for, that, for, for womanhood. Once we, get, once we get that respect for womanhood and our young ladies know how special they are and how, how important it is for them to keep their values high, our young men, believe me, they want the respect. They will do everything they can to gain that respect by working toward making sure they respect that. So that's what's gonna bring our country back. And that's also, again, what the left wants to turn around. They wanna flip us so we don't know what womanhood looks, looks like, that, uh, that men can only feel good about themselves if they're, if they're protecting, providing, and partnering up with womanhood. Um, they would rather us, what the, what's happening in the black community today, they would let, love to have 70% of black men that leave, that desert their families, that have no idea what, what respect and, 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 and sacrifice looks like. Uh, so we have to, we put those four tenets together. We have something that everyone can talk about, no matter what side of the aisle we're on. Once we're talking, it might be, we might have different ways of getting there, but once we're talking, we truly are doing what we the people do best. We'll find the right solution that works for, the mo for most of us, and we'll continue to move our country uh, in, in, a, in a forward uh, uh, fashion, for sure. Well, that, that's so true. You know, it, it comes down to the slogan of saying, agree to disagree. Yes. And, and it's, I think that's a, that's a great point that you make about home, is that we need to teach our kids, you know, that mom and dad may have different issues, but there's a respect and there's a love between each other that we're able to sit down at the table and we can discuss these issues and there's no, there's no fighting, there's no insulting and, yes. and, the, and the respect stays, stays, you know, um, across the table. And this is my daughter, you know, one of my daughters, you know, she's Democrat and I'm Republican, but we are able to, at the end of the conversation say, you know, I love you. I'll talk to you next week and, and yep. be well, because that's what, that's, I, it's just there's so much that that um, you know I saw last night the Democratic you know um, debate and they don't mention God not one no. time did they mention no. God no. not one time did um, you know it was just all negative and that's what's wrong. Well, Vicky, a couple of things. Uh, you know, it, it, you're so correct. First, the great thing about a family is it's so imperfect. I mean, that, that's what makes a family what yes. it is. It's so imperfect. We, we, we have our attitudes, we have our issues, but guess what? We recognize, it's, we recognize over time, with, if we have good parents that kind of show how it looks. We don't have to agree all the time. We just have to respect each other, figure out a way to work through it as a team and forgive each other throughout the process. And guess what happens? We learn to do that in a family unit. We learn to do that as a country. That our, our country is reflective of how our, our, our families look. And I, I'm the same way. My dad, my dad was a college professor. And, and they got, he, uh, matter of fact, he got, he got his PhD at Ohio State because he could not, he came out after the war, could not get a post-college degree down in, in the Deep South. They were not allowed to do that. So I, I ran across a box of rejection letters when, after he passed away. And he used that as, he didn't use that as a negative, he used that as motivation. They were motivated by people telling him no. He kept trying until he got to Ohio State, got his PhD there. And then for the rest of his life, 40 years, he was a college professor, entrepreneur, who traveled around, around the world as a researcher. Um, but at the end of the day, he also was a Democrat when I became a Republican, and he just loved to have conversations where he sh I could show, I could actually have that, show him that I could think. <laughs> that yeah, he, was more yeah. proud of, he was more proud of me being able to think than him being right. <laughs> and and if, wow. if, you, if you teach our kids to be critical thinkers, we will never ever be Marxists because we understand there's nothing there 
but anger. And by the way, notice every time we see a Democratic uh, coming together, they're totally mean people. They're very, very mean. Yeah. They, 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 will, they will eat each other up. They'll eat anybody else up for power. And that's what, that's what the left does. <clears throat> when you have no God, you use, abuse, and discard everything and anybody to get your power. And that's what we've seen over the last three years. We've seen a, a, a party that could care less about we the people. They, don't, they have not done a thing but try to get a president out of office that was duly elected and is actually getting results. And, and the greatest thing that I think we all could see if we look back, and I'm, I'm, again, I'm talking to your entire audience. I hope everybody understands I'm talking to Democrats, Republicans, and independents. It's, right. all about, it's all about our country, all right? So let's think about what we saw at the State of the Union. Again, I've, I've played a Super Bowl championship game. I've also um, uh, had a chance to watch a few. I've never, ever seen a Super Bowl game that's one-sided that I saw uh, the State of the Union. 50 to nothing at halftime. We have a president that was, you know, the old idea, I'm going to win, 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 until you get so tired. Well, he went through that litany of victories. And I said, my goodness, when is he going to stop? Yeah. <laughs> But if you, keep in mind the optics. So you have all this great stuff going on. Uh, lowest employment for Blacks, Hispanics, uh, Asians, uh, veterans, young people. You have a young lady standing up because she has a chance to get out of a failing school and the mom was trying to get her to, to something succeeding. And we have all this applauding for those of us who understand and love our country. Look at the other side, the dark side. The side of those people with scowls on their, on their faces, sitting on their hands as we talk about success because they didn't like that. They hated that. That's, our, that's where we are. We have to recognize they're good Americans. And there's also Americans that hate our country. They hate being American because they don't love what we stand for because they're Marxists. If we understand that, I'm going to employ those of us, all of you who love our country, don't worry about being a Republican. Let's be an independent. Be independent. Let's vote for our values and principles first, not party or, politi not polit uh, party or politician. If we do that, we're going to find ourselves in agreement more than we ever thought we could be in. We can have conversations where, that you just mentioned with your daughter, we can agree to disagree because we love each other. And, we, and, and, and we, we think of each other so much more than what our, what our politics is all about. If we were to do that, believe me, the next four years would be unbelievable. And we have to keep that in mind. All right, awesome. All right, let's take a break and we'll be right back. Five-hour energy is energy on the go. But what if you're not going anywhere for a while? Then five-hour energy is for getting stuff done while you're stuck at home, like doing an honest day's work for your boss, getting rid of old clothes, oh, my old bell-bottoms, scouring the grout in your shower, working out on that old stationary bike, and so much more. Go to the store or order online at shop5hourenergy.com. Five-hour energy energy for hunkering down no matter how early you're up or how late you're running when you start your day at speedway we've got what you need to have a good morning always fresh coffee to wake you up cold drinks and breakfast to keep you going plus a full tank to get you where you need to go crunchy chewy swirled or sprinkled however you start your day we've got it to help make your morning a little better because when you get off to a better start you go on to a better day the convenience stores of Speedway. Okay, Burgess, we're back. Um, I love your philosophy. We need more of that in our government. Um, what's, what's an issue that you uh, are going, uh, who's the candidate that you're running against for Utah? For okay, okay. Uh, and I, I'll answer, let me just, I, mentioned, I should have mentioned this at the very beginning. Everybody can reach me at Burgess for Utah. Those four tenants I just went through, BurgessForUtah.com. And you'll see my, uh, what you're talking about right now, Vicki, and, and uh, on my website and everything else on how to donate, how to support me. So <clears throat> right now we're, we're going to be against uh, uh, Ben McAdams, who's a Democrat uh, in a very deep red state, uh, uh, a district. <clears throat> uh, you know, it, we have, we, it's a district, by the way, as we look at the entire, entire, uh, entire year, 2020, is between one and three, it's between one and three in terms of must have for the Democrats to hold on to, to keep the house and for us to win back our country. So it's, a, it's not just a district in Utah that's important, it's for all our country because as we get this back, it gets us an opportunity to get our house back. So that's the first thing. And, and by the way, the only way that uh, Ben McAdams won, he, he beat um, Mia Love 
is because we had a soft turnout here in Utah, but more importantly, he made promises to the people here that he would, he would represent them and not the Democratic Party. <clears throat> what you have to understand is we have a party now that's dictatorial. It's not, uh, it's not, it does not allow for free thinkers or people who want to be independent. It is truly by iron hand. It's what Russians do for, to Russia, Russians. And, and that's what Pelosi has done to that entire uh, party. They don't have the independence. So Ben McAdams has voted 89% for AOC, Maxine Waters, Schiff, and, and, and Pelosi. So, so I'll go over this year. This is the reason why I wanted to get started with this. We need to get our house back. If we're going to win our country back, we're going to protect our kids, which I have a real passion for, at-risk kids. We need to make sure that we get, the, we get a house so we can support a house, keep the Senate, and support our president who's doing more than I've seen in, in, in so many years since Reagan in terms of yeah. uh, helping all of us, all of us to make, make, you know, move forward. Yeah, you know, th that's so important because, you know, it, they didn't talk about kids last night. <laughs> you no. know, I mean, it's just that uh, there's, there's so much, um, you, know, I, you know, Trump's our president and he's not perfect. The only perfect person is Jesus Christ. And the, he's going to have imperfections. You know, does he tweet a lot? Yes. You know, I kind of look at it and go, oh my gosh, here he goes again. But he's done a lot of good. And, yeah. and let me tell you something that um, I feel really strong about. I see your issues that you're supporting on your website. And we will put the link on uh, when we post about, you know, your, your episode coming out. Um, you uh, talk about the illegal immigration. I'm from El Paso, Texas. I'm a Mexican-American. And through my whole childhood, that you know having people cross into the united states illegally that was something that was very common for me to see you mm -hmm. could see people you know swimming across the rio grande um we i had people that were i knew were working illegally and trump is the first one that actually took action in that when i go to england or when i go overseas i had to go through their whole customs process or i can't go to work yeah and yeah. and i re i respect that country because I'm going into a country that I need to respect their laws and their policies, and I do that. So I don't understand why it's such a hard concept for, you know, the left to say, you know, oh, well, they can come in, they can just, you know, cross the border and get free welfare and, yeah. you know, free yeah. health care. And it just burns me <laughs> up because my, my health insurance is expensive. Yeah. I pay my taxes. And, and for the Democrats to say, you know, oh, we're going to let the illegal aliens have you know, welfare and free programs. And I'm thinking, well, what's left for my kids when they have their kids? Well, and this is what you have to understand. Um, you know, as we have these conversations of trying to find solutions, we're using critical thinking. We're using uh, empathy. We're using fairness. Mm -hmm. The left doesn't do that. When you take God out of the picture, keep in mind, there's a totally different end game and different conversation. These guys do not care about anyone but themselves, including legal people. The, what, what's happened is this. They love power. They, and they use power to, to, to keep themselves in a particular position. Matter of fact, the, the, most, the most productivity for themselves is to push people down so they're totally dependent on them to get more power. So what's happened over the, over the last decades is this. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> the, uh, they have been addicted to the black community, <coughs> to the black vote. Uh, we as, as a mass, and I, I'll never understand how we have allowed ourselves to, to be used this way, 93% or 85, they need 93 to 95% of the black vote to keep their power. And we have done that for them. And no matter whether we're, we're, we're free, free market, whether we're communists, whether we're old or young, we have voted in mass for the Democratic Party because we believed them, we trusted them. Right. So what happens is this, we're waking up. Black communities are understanding now the, the, the greatest present to this, of uh, uh, President Obama was he was such a lousy president that people saying, whatever happened to hope and change? I, I, what happened to the savior supposed to come through and allow us to have this great opportunity? No, what he did, he left was even a worse mess for, for black Americans, more dependency, more hopelessness, more joblessness. So what's happening is we're leaving the plantation. And as we do so, they need to replace us. How to replace us? They bring in people who are not Americans, foreigners, people who have no idea what our constitution means, what our culture means, looks like, what it is to work hard, what meritocracy works, looks like. They bring people in that have no clue about America because it doesn't matter to them as long as they can put them on, on their own welfare and have them vote for Democrat. So wow. this is what we're up against. We have to, to recognize 
they, and, and we, you know, make it, we as a people, as Americans, we have kind of a, an internal optimism about us. You know, we work hard, we look out for our kids, we, we hang out with our friends, want to take vacation, want to, we want to retire one day. It keeps us in an optimistic, visionary mood. So we forget that at our doorstep, at every single moment, is evil. Evil are these people who do what, these, what the leftists have done. They, 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 they put themselves into our foundations like little bull weevils, like little termites. Yeah. <laughs> they put themselves in the, in the, in the entertainment, in our, in our school system, in our, in our government. Um, every place they can, they put themselves and they gnaw away it out of our foundation uh, and, and before we know, we wake up and all of a sudden we have a deep state or we have, we have, a, uh, we have a, a, a DOJ, an FBI that's totally off track. They could care less about fairness because it's about power. We wake and find out that we just about almost lost our country with the Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. so, so that being said, we need to make sure we keep our country what it is by, by keeping boundaries in place so that those who come here know there's a price to pay there's an attitude we expect, and we expect them to produce and add to our society, not pull from it. That's the beginning of it. We know that. And then we need to do this. Very important. We need to teach our kids again. We cannot, allow, we cannot continue to let the leftists control our education. They steal from our kids. We work hard to get our kids ready for school, for life, positive, excited, independent, and they go to all these colleges and come out as little Marxists. Because four years of, 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 this, <clears throat> of this propaganda will turn anybody into a Marxist. And that's what we're dealing with. So we have to take back our education system. We have to figure out a way that these, these little, uh, uh, these Marxists that get tenure, if they're not producing and the school won't fire them, then we, we, have, to, well, we have to figure out a first way to make these schools accountable to we the people. We're not gonna continue to subsidize socialists and Marxists. If they don't want to teach our American way, let them do it on their own. Don't, we don't want to subsidize that anymore. Enough of this. And this way, we have a president who's beginning to understand that, and we're going to start seeing quite a bit of changes in that, in that arena. Wow, that's incredible, Bridges. Is, what's, is there one more thing you want to mention to, the, to my <laughs> listeners that they can take with them to help support you for your election? What's something that we can do or, or anything that you want to say before we let you go? If you can do this, uh, first of all, remember the tenets. Mm -hmm. Remember, as we have conversations, that everything that we should be doing in terms of policies should be based around those four tenets, head, heart, hands, and home, and our constitution. <clears throat> we put those two together as a people, we'll win again. And, and let's, let's get back to, to understanding that the strength of our country comes to us communicating each other, for us having debates, for us having respect for each other's different opinions, and know that at our doorstep, is pure evil. We yeah. cannot let, let go of the idea that we're in a fight for our lives. We're fighting for the heart and soul of our nation, just like my dad, when, he, when, he, when, when that generation, the greatest generation, left this country to go to, to the, uh, the Philippines and Germany and Japan, they were fighting evil. They, didn't ha they had to leave here to do that. We have the privilege of staying here to do the same thing, but we have to be educated enough and bold enough and, 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 and to make this thing happen. One, one last point about our president. <clears throat> this is, this is, because I, I, I totally get it. I was a, I was a, a cruise guy before, uh, uh, before Pre uh, President Trump became, or Kennedy Trump became the candidate. Mm -hmm. and I remember thinking, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I can pull the lever on this one, because I didn't know if he was a true conservative or not. I just didn't know. Let me tell you what, what, what he did though. October of 2016, he put together a platform called the New, new Deal for Urban Americans. And for people out there, take a look at that. This is a promise to, to, black, to black community. He was gonna bring them out of this malaise that we've been dealing with for decades. Safe neighborhoods, education, jobs. And you go to that list, the, the ability to, to be free in the pulpit to speak about God, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Every single one that he listed, he has come through with and more. So just understand guys, for those who have trouble with, with his tweets, this is a guy who just happens to hate bullies. And I get it, I get it, because I'm one of those guys growing up in the deep south, being one of four black players on, on, on my high school team, being a third black uh, player for University of Miami, I get what it is to, be a, to, to go against bullies. And I was taught by my dad, very simply, the way to deal with it. You run at him as fast as you can, you hit him as hard as you can. It was such a great message that I live today, and what I'm seeing of President Trump 
is someone who runs at him as fast as he can, hits him as hard as he can, and bullies have no idea what it feels to, be pain, to feel pain because they have never felt pain before. They have intimidated. <laughs> yeah. Go right ahead. You know, he's, he's, he's intimidated every other president before now, and, uh, and he's, he's just doing something that they don't like, and that's why they keep, that's why they keep yelling. Uh, they, they cannot understand how somebody could do this to them. So and he, he definitely has a thick skin. You have to give him that and a lot of confidence in himself when he can get up there at the State of the Union and, and keep a straight face and, and promote his message. You know, so um, yeah. I, I learned a little bit about thick skin watching that. Um, Burgess, I just want to leave the fans with uh, this great quote that you have that I, I loved and I want to share it with everyone. You said, success is a matter of choice, not chance. We the people stand for everyone as one body. Like, so, so powerful and so impressive. And it, it goes back to you. It's not about, you can say all the sweet words you want. It's the action. Yeah. You, you, can talk, you can talk the talk, but show me, you know, by your actions. And you're doing that. And you speak it. And I, I'm just, I'm really so supportive of you. Well, Vicky, if I can say this, and we all have a part. That's the great thing about a team. Everyone plays a part. As long as you're doing your best in, a, in the position you're placed in, what you're doing right now is just as important as anything else that anybody else goes to be doing across, across the country. As long as you're doing the best you can, and together we're having a, an opportunity to give a message out because we're just doing the best we can. That's all, that's all it comes down to. And as Americans understand that, we have so much ahead of us. If we notice who is angry, who is mean, who is destroying lives and vote against that, I don't care what party we're part of, vote against that ideology. If we do that, we will pull our country and we'll give our kids the greatest future we can ever think about giving our kids. And that's what, that's what our responsibility comes down to. Give them a great country so they can take it on to give their kids even a greater country. We do that and we will have done our part. And this little, this little piece of life we call life, we've done our part and uh, we feel happy at the very end of it. Gosh. Um for all of our listeners, you can go to BurgessForUtah.com. Please read his website. I read it and I was just, I was enthralled by your information and your policies, your values, your spirituality. And I thank you, Burgess Owens. And I wish you luck for, um, to run for Congress. I am, I'm your supporter and I'm so proud to have you on my show today. Thank, thank you, Vicki. Let's do this again. Let's, let's, make, yes. let's, let's do this often, okay? I look forward to it. I really do. I love to. Thank you, Burgess okay. Owens. God bless you and good luck. Thank you, Kiki. Appreciate it. Bye. Thank you, Burgess Owens, for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on my show. It has been such an eye-opener and how we all can take this advice of what your platform is and being able to have a side that we believe in and be able to agree to disagree. But when we disagree, it's about having respect, patience, and kindness to discuss his different issues and come to a solution. So guys, please, I encourage y'all to go to Burgess Owens' website, which is BurgessForUtah.com. And I'm excited for his platform. I'm excited there's a person that's positive and influential to the youth, and he is able to take his message. And I wish him all the luck and blessings of becoming um, a representative for Congress uh, to represent Utah. Thanks, Burgess. And now... We are going to head to Alicia Atut's interview for the week. Take it away, Miss Interview Queen. Hello, everyone. It's Alicia Toot, and I am so excited to welcome you all back to Tales from the Interview Queen. The world's strongest man, Mark Henry, was always so awesome to watch on TV when I was a kid, so I was psyched when I had the opportunity to interview him a year ago. I was at a convention and introduced myself to him, and since then we've stayed in touch. He's been on my show multiple times, and I've even been a guest on his show, Busted Open Radio, which was awesome. On one of the most recent shows we were both at, I couldn't help but notice that Mark had a thing with donuts. There were either a box beside him at his signing table, he talked about them with me, one show a fan even brought him some as a gift, so I had to ask him about his all-time favorite flavor, you know, asking the serious questions. He told me it's a Canadian maple donut, which made me super proud being Canadian, and then for some reason I was curious about how many of these things he's put down in one sitting. So he told me that at one point he actually had up to half a dozen of them in a single day. 
I gotta love his honesty. <laughs> so there you guys have it, a quick tale from the interview queen. This has been Alicia Toot, and be sure to follow me online at Alicia Toot, and check out my interviews and YouTube channel for thousands of great tales, interviews, and vlogs. Until next time. Thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of the Excuse Me podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Spreaker, or your favorite podcast platform. Check out our official Facebook page at facebook.com slash excuse me Vicky or follow me on Twitter and Instagram and email us at excuse me Vicky at outlook.com with questions or comments. Until next time, excuse me! No matter how early you're up or how late you're running, when you start your day at Speedway, we've got what you need to have a good morning. Always fresh coffee to wake you up, cold drinks and breakfast to keep you going, plus a full tank to get you where you need to go. Crunchy, chewy, swirled, or sprinkled, however you start your day, we've got it to help make your morning a little better. Because when you get off to a better start, you go on to a better day. The convenience stores of Speedway. You always dreamed about owning your first house, or driving that special car, or opening that business. Unfortunately, you also had nightmares. Introducing the May Only My Good Dreams Come True policy from American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote. Find an agent. Visit AmFam.com. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.